the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider, the show that features a summary of the top news stories in the Vatican and an always interesting interview segment. This week, I talked to Alexei Gotovsky, my multilingual, multi-talented colleague in the EWTN Rome office, who hails from Kazakhstan. Learn about his childhood in a country flanked by India, China, and Russia, and hear about his road to Rome and EWTN. And now, the top news stories of the week. In fact, there was an avalanche of news, so the summaries will be very short. Sunday, January 22nd. At Mass in St. Peter's Basilica on this Sunday of the Word of God, Pope Francis said the Word of God is for everyone, leading us to conversion and making us heralds of the good news of God's boundless love for all. During Mass, he conferred the ministries of lector and catechist on men and women from five countries. Francis instituted this annual celebration in 2019, calling for the third Sunday in ordinary time to be devoted to the celebration, study, and dissemination of the Word of God. Later, at the Sunday Angelus, Pope Francis offered warm greetings to those celebrating the Lunar New Year in Asia, and he expressed his closeness to those still suffering from the pandemic. In addition, he decried violence in Ukraine, Peru, and Myanmar, also known as Burma, where a Catholic church was destroyed. Monday, January 23rd, Pope Francis welcomed volunteers of the Italian Charity for the Promotion of Literacy in the World, and he encouraged them to continue their commitment to defeating poverty and promoting peace through education. Also Monday, in a message to participants in a seminar on Hansen's disease or leprosy and other neglected tropical diseases, Pope Francis said the stigma attached to leprosy continues to cause serious human rights violations in various parts of the world. We must not ignore a disease that still affects hundreds of thousands of our brothers and sisters around the world, especially in more deprived social contexts. Tuesday, January 24th. As is tradition, on the January 24th Feast of St. Francis de Sales, patron of journalists, the Vatican published Pope Francis's message for the 57th World Day of Communications to take place on May 21st on the theme, Speaking with the Heart, Veritatem Facentes in Caritate, The Truth in Love. In a world that is so inclined towards indifference and indignation, at times even on the basis of disinformation that falsifies and exploits the truth, he said, it's particularly important that there's space for proclaiming the truth, even if at times it's uncomfortable. Also Tuesday, Pope Francis sent a message to participants in the Fifth International Conference for World Balance, organized in Cuba under the auspices of UNESCO, reiterating that the current multiple crises facing the world today can only be addressed together in fraternity and solidarity. In a time of global political and social crises, our interconnected world today needs more than ever to build bridges that can help us find viable solutions 
together that do not exclude anyone. Wednesday, January 25th. At the weekly general audience, Pope Francis continued his catechesis on apostolic zeal, telling the faithful that each day is a time of grace and a new opportunity for those who follow Christ. He said Jesus communicated with certain essential elements, especially joy, freedom, light, healing, and awe. One cannot speak of Jesus without joy, because faith is a wonderful love story to be shared, and it must be shared with apostolic zeal. Also Wednesday, Pope Francis released his message for World Mission Day 2023, in which he urged the faithful to join in bringing the gospel to today's broken world, following the example of the disciples on the way to Emmaus. World Mission Sunday will be observed on October 29th. Also Wednesday, Pope Francis sent a message to the General Chapter of the Order of Malta as members meet to elect the Grand Commander, the Grand Chancellor, and other top positions. He asked them to live in fidelity to the new Constitutional Charter and to work on unity after the divisions. Firmly strengthen your unity, he said, otherwise you will not be credible in your works. Conflicts and oppositions damage your mission. Again Wednesday, in a telegram sent to Archbishop Gomez of Los Angeles, Pope Francis expressed sadness, offered prayers, and decried a recent California shooting that claimed 11 lives and wounded others in Monterey Park during a Lunar New Year celebration. Also Wednesday, Pope Francis sent a video message to Portuguese families who will welcome in their homes the thousands of youths expected at World Youth Day Lisbon 2023. He said their generous hospitality also shows openness to other horizons. Over 400,000 youth from across the world have already registered to take part in World Youth Day. Again Wednesday. Pope Francis thanked members of the Ukrainian Council of Churches and Religious Organizations for their work by describing their witness as a concrete testimony of peace in a country suffering from war. He upheld the collaboration of the various groups that together support those in need, defend the rights of the faithful of all denominations, and advocate for the respect of human rights. Concluding Wednesday, Pope Francis celebrated Vespers in the Basilica of St. Paul's Outside the Walls to end the annual week of prayer for Christian unity. He said God suffers when we, who call ourselves his faithful ones, put our own ways of seeing things before his, when we follow the judgments of the world rather than those of heaven, when we are content with exterior rituals yet remain indifferent to those for whom he cares the most. Thursday, January 26th, greeting members of the Italian Association of Foundations and Philanthropic Bodies on its 20th anniversary, Pope Francis congratulated members for the clearly Christian-inspired approach with which you have structured your activities. He recommended they pay particular attention to three important values that, moreover, you already have in mind. The promotion of the integral good of the person, listening to local communities, and closeness to the least of these. Also Thursday, 
addressing participants in the international conference Women Building a Culture of Encounter Interreligiously. Pope Francis said, The fact that your conference is devoted to listening to the experiences and perspectives of women is all the more valuable, since our quest for peace must increasingly involve women. Because women bestow care and life upon the world, they are themselves a path towards peace. Friday, January 27th, Pope Francis addressed the officials of the Roman Rota Tribunal as it starts its judicial year. Well, have you caught your breath yet after all those news stories? If so, now, just sit back and relax and listen to the amazing story of one member of the EWTN Rome Bureau team, Alexei Gotovsky. And have a great weekend. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. Praise your ministry. I went back to the church after 30 years of staying out of the church, after finding your radio station and ministry on terrestrial radio. It wasn't even the internet. (laughs) And I've been back and, and I've been evangelizing, you know, and using some of your responses to questions. Saints are the heroes of the Catholic faith. They serve as examples for all Catholics, showing us how to lead a more satisfying, more spiritual life in communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. View our comprehensive documentation of saints who serve as theologians and doctors of the church. It's easy. Visit EWTN.com and click Catholicism. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. He was a 10th century saint, priest, mystic, and doctor of the church, honored as the first poet of Armenia. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Gregory of Narek is revered by Armenians as a watchful angel in human form. His masterwork, the Book of Lamentations, was intended to be his last testament, an encyclopedia of prayer for all nations. He was named a doctor of the church in 2015. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome my listeners to another rather extraordinary edition of Vatican Insider. Extraordinary because of the guest. I'm actually interviewing one of my co-workers at the EWTN Rome Bureau. And Alexi has such an amazing story. You'll hear it in a minute. And you'll wish I had brought him to you sooner. So, my friend and colleague is Alexei Gatovsky. Welcome to Vatican Insider. Thank you, John. John, it is a great, uh, my pleasure to be here and talk with you. Well, we've been friends for years, and then just bit by bit over time, I became aware of the complex and yet beautiful nature of Alexei's background, where he grew up, a totally different culture. He grew up in Kazakhstan. He'll tell you about that. Um, his language skills. Uh, he just has this almost encyclopedic knowledge about countries, about cultures, and I know he has worked hard to share a lot of that with you in programs that we produced here in Rome. So, um, Alexei, let's start by talking about where you were born. I've never been to Kazakhstan. <laughs> You're very welcome, John. Also because two popes have visited it, so 
That's true. <laughs> I think it's a very nice place to visit. But yet, it's true that many people don't know where it is. And they are also asking me, oh, where it is? Is it near India? Is it near China? You know, or is it part of Russia? So it's almost everything true because Kazakhstan is in between. And right. It is in between uh, Europe and, and Asia, Asia. And it is close to China. And it is neighboring with Russia. And in the south, it's not far from India. There are a few countries that separates us uh, from India, which one of, uh, of, of the countries is Afghanistan. It is a huge country with the three time differences, you know. Oh, three time zones? Three time wow. zones, yes. Now, it was once part of the Union, USSR. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Yes, yes uh, it, it was uh, part of the USSR, and it, it is um, used to be called KSSR. You know, uh, the Kazakhstan. Okay. And uh, um, Soviet Union collapsed, and Kazakhstan became independent in 1991. And uh, I was born in 1990, <laughs> so I don't uh, remember. Uh, of course. Uh, you know, Soviet Union. But what can I? Uh, tell you I do remember times right after and uh, also a lot of stories that people shared with me my grandparents or my relatives you grew up Orthodox but you are now in the Catholic Church and I think uh, there's a lovely story connected with the birth of your sister that brought you all into the church tell us that story uh, this is true and uh, I would say that uh, my parents were not practicing Orthodox, but I grew up um, knowing about God because my mom will tell us, and she also taught us um, different prayers, for, exam for example, Our Father or uh, Hail Mary. And uh, so we knew who God was, but we were not practicing. However, in 1998, uh, we were living in the south of Russia in um, the close to a Black Sea, and um, uh, our relatives came from Kazakhstan, and they were Catholics. So they started to, taught, uh, to teach us uh, different prayers, especially the prayer of rosary. Aww. And so every day we will gather all together and, and as a family, and we'll pray rosary. Um, until now, I remember the booklet that we had, it was in blue color, and it, uh, just an interesting thing that it has been printed um, uh, in Rome. Actually, there was an organization that uh, organized that, um, you know, booklets, and they were sent to the Catholics or to people in Kazakhstan and Russia. And so, anyway, we were praying the rosary. And my mom at that time, she was pregnant with a third baby, my uh, little sister, um, Maria. And uh, it was also the moment when uh, my family decided to go back to Kazakhstan for different reasons. But one of the reasons was because the, uh, the family, you know, all, almost all relatives, they were still living in Kazakhstan, and my, par uh, my parents wanted to go back. And so when we get back to Kazakhstan, um, mom, she felt that she needs to deliver a baby earlier, three months uh, oh, before. Oh, my word, premature. Premature, yes. And uh, I remember that... That moment was very quick because uh, then she had to go to the hospital. And uh, and then uh, what I know is that uh, the, uh, my little sister Maria, she was born, but um, doctors said, we cannot do anything. We don't know if the baby will survive because she's very weak. Uh, she weighed, I think, one, kilo, one kilogram, 200 grams. It's very, very so little. So, like, just a little over two pounds. Exactly. Wow. And... Uh, 
And uh, they said, actually, the doctor said, you, whatever you could do is, is only to pray. Pray. And, uh, and indeed, my mom, she said she prayed the whole night. And the first idea was to give a name to my sister, to give name Daria, which also uh, in Russian is a beautiful name, which is similarly, um, you know, it, it means uh, a gift. But then she decided and she said, no, I'll call her Maria if she survives because I would like to give it to Our Lady. Oh. Uh, I, will, I will dedicate it to Our Lady. And uh, my mom was praying rosary because <laughs> that was a prayer that my relatives taught us, right? And um, thanks to, uh, to, to Our Lady, my little sister survived. And for us, it's a, a miracle, you know. And uh, Is this the sister I met recently here in Rome? Uh, no, it's another, another one. We're, so, we're okay. six children. <laughs> oh, all right. So, you, 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 uh, you met, I think, my elder sister, uh, Ksenia. So, and that was a, a first point for us to go to the church because we were so grateful sure. uh, for uh, for this miracle. And we started to go every Sunday to, to church. And um, me and my sister that you met, uh, we started to go to the um Sunday school sure. to learn about the catechism. And so we were first, my sister and me, to actually uh, receive the first Holy Communion. And then after us, it, it was my parents when they um, married in the church because they didn't have the marriage in the church. Oh, good. And so that was the second step. And then um, many other things happened. Wow. <laughs> this is why we... Uh, that was a path to be Catholics for us. But what a what a beautiful story of faith, <laughs> for sure. And now, was all of your education, you know, grammar school and high school, was that in Kazakhstan? It was, yes. I finished all, uh, we, we have 11 classes, so 11 years I finished them in Kazakhstan. I started the, the first, um, my first grade in um, Russia, and oh, then right. we came yeah. back to Kazakhstan. I finished there at the school, yes. And in, um, in the school, we do not... Uh, we, we didn't have any uh, religious education. What was interesting is that um, some of teachers, they were atheists, uh, but I didn't. I have never felt uh, any judgment because I was going to the church. But I would even say there was more respect. So at that time, interesting. Uh, right after the Soviet Union had uh, collapsed, uh, people started to look for something. So in my class, everyone would go somewhere. But it, it, it could be anything. It could be even uh, I don't know a you know a Krishnaite sect or a, a, a Buddhist uh, meetings because everyone was looking for something. Right. Now let's talk about your path to Rome. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? When did you decide to leave home, or did somebody else decide for you? <laughs> How did that happen? So I was uh, I was studying in uh, Kazakhstan, uh, informational technologies. And um, I was also working. I was um, working as a, first uh, as a carpenter and then as a roofer uh, or making roofs. And uh, it was my aunt, which was also one who uh, taught us rosary. Uh, she was studying in Rome and uh, she was studying canon law. And then she told me, Alexei, why don't you go and study in Rome? And she planted that seed in, in, into me, and then good for her. <laughs> yes, and then it, I think two years passed, and uh, I was I was continuing studying. And uh, a priest, uh, um, a friend of mine, priest uh, in Kazakhstan in my city in Karaganda, he uh, asked me if I can help him in the new parish because we opened up a new parish in one part of the city. And he said, Alexey, could you please go and uh, stay there 
and helped me to to work in a parish. Lovely. Like a mission, and I said, yeah, why not? And so I was doing this uh, one year of um, like a missionary work, and uh, and then my aunt was asking me again. I said, would you have you thought? Well, maybe you could come in Rome, and if you like to be a missionary, there is a missionary school in Rome. Why don't you come and you study? And then uh, I was a little bit afraid because I, I didn't speak any language, you know, any English or, or Italian, nothing. And um, so that was a, a little bit difficult for me. But then I was thinking also, okay, if this works, if they will accept me and if uh, everything will, you know, will work also because it's so hard to do documents, to receive a visa. Oh, yes. So uh, I mean, nothing will kill you faster <laughs> than, than trying to move to a foreign country and get all the police documents and the Department of State and Lord knows. Yes, exactly. This is why I was thinking if everything works, that it's also for me, God, God's, God's will, will, you know, yeah. and then I'll go. <laughs> and um, okay, and uh, so we, I started the applying process, and then uh, I arrived to Rome, but. A few days, I think even like three days before I, I uh, went to Rome, it was an interesting thing happened that uh, in our city arrived a very uh, famous icon, Orthodox icon. It was uh, it is called Our Lady of, of a Sign, you know. And oh. there is a, an Our Lady with a orante, you know, with a with a praying her arms out in prayer. Uh, yes, and um, I went there with my grandmother uh, to the Orthodox Church to to venerate this icon. So in, in our city, if you know anything happens like a big event like this, Catholics would also go to the Orthodox Church and venerate icon because wow. for us it's a, it's, it's important and um, holy also, you know. Sure. So, and uh, we arrived rather late and there was a very big line and my grandmother, she uh, went inside of the church, but I've seen that something was happening outside of the church. And so because the icon was already leaving uh, the church and was inside of the car and the priest was holding it and he stopped and he opened the window and he blessed with that icon. Every, everyone who was outside. Blessed you, know? you with and the was, icon. And wow. I was outside as well. And uh, so this is how I, I've, I've seen the, the icon and I've venerated. And uh, for me, it was a sign, you know, as well. And my grandmother came and said, oh, there is no icon. And I said, oh, I actually have seen it outside, you know. And what was very, uh, also another sign for me, a big sign was that when I arrived to Rome, uh, I first arrived to study at the Emmanuel School of Mission. It is a, a school of mission for young people uh, for nine months here in Rome. And, um, and the first thing that I have seen, it was this image <laughs> because the Emmanuel community uses um, this Orthodox image of Orante with a uh, oh with sure a, with, Emmanuel with yes. Jesus, yes Emmanuel and uh, that I was like wow I've seen this <laughs> this uh, this image so of you got a send off from the statue and you got a welcome from the image exactly I, yes of of an icon and uh, that that was you know little signs that just um, kind of uh, I think confirmed some somehow decisions that you could, uh, could could take and so I finished this school and then I entered to university here and I was studying communications at Santa Croce and then I was helping and working at the youth center here across the street uh, oh Pfeiffer sure yeah, Pfeiffer, yeah. you know Centro yeah. San Lorenzo, San Lorenzo. <laughs> where there is original World Youth Day cross is kept here well and that's where EW10 will often have first Friday masses for the personnel. That's, it's a that's beautiful, true. meaningful uh, chapel. 
Yes, and there, there are a lot of people that uh, went through this uh, uh, this this place, and also it was uh, opened by John Paul II. It was his decision, yeah, absolutely, and his his desire to have it. And so I was working there, and one day, um, a previous bureau chief, Alan Holdren, sure, he came to Centro San Lorenzo for looking for some young uh, people who were going to World Youth Days in Brazil. And so one of them was me. And then he said, oh. Uh, so that's 2013, Brazil? That was 2013. Yeah. And he said, oh, can we interview you? And so I gave an interview, and we became friends. And uh, and the other day he and came. And Alan Holdren, just to interrupt for a second, I was named the first Rome Bureau Chief in 2005, and then Alan was my successor. And, of course, our successor now um, is Andreas Tonhauser. Yes, thank you, John. Indeed, and uh, uh, it was interesting because uh, then another day Alan came to to the to Centro San Lorenzo and brought me a magazine where in front page was the church uh, consecrated in Kazakhstan uh, in my city in Karaganda, and he said, "Hey, you see what I've seen?" Wow! And then uh, and then he he told me that uh, look, if you would ever want to do an internship with us, you could consider it and. Uh, an internship? Why not? Wow! Yeah, why not? I was thinking yes, but I was still working at Centro San Lorenzo, and I was studying at the same time, so it didn't come immediately. It took me two years then to actually arrive to <laughs> uh, to WTN, which I, I didn't know at the beginning almost anything about. Um, unfortunately, there is no WTN in Kazakhstan, you know. And but then when I start to uh, to read the story of Mother Angelica. It, really touched me yes. and I really like it and uh, I felt almost from the beginning that oh I would like to work here and I felt like at home and I would say even uh, spirituality you know of EWTN it's very close to what we have in Kazakhstan so I feel oh, wonderful. very very similar you know it's rather uh, more traditional way of celebrating mass and uh, Exactly. And following the church teachings. But one thing I think we've all discovered about your presence at EWTN is your ability to transmit what you do know, what you did know technically and and so forth, but your ability to learn. (laughs) And, and, I mean, you know, right now we're talking several languages. Obviously, we're speaking English. And then you have your native tongue. You have Italian. And do you speak any other languages? I do understand well Spanish, and I can communicate, Good. and also Polish because it's uh, oh sure it's similar to Russian, and uh, right. So it, it helps me. Um, languages. The thing is that I understood in Rome that I can pick it up very quickly, and surely it helps yeah. me a lot in in my work. Well, that's all the time we have this week with Alexei Gotovsky, my multilingual, multi-talented colleague from Kazakhstan in the EWTN Rome office. But come back next week for the rest of our talk. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.